this is Alex and Sarah, and welcome to the Throne and Home podcast. Yeah, we're super excited. This is episode number two for us. It's a new journey, so it's kind of... Yeah, we're, we are, we kind of waited a little bit um, and just feel like it's time to sit down and Do talk, about, talk about all the things, all the things God's doing and speaking to us um, and share it with all of you. This week, we, we've also had lots of different things going on. I mean, it was your grandfather's 90th birthday, yeah. so we were doing family stuff. I was actually looking at the pictures today as I was um, just creating some stuff for TikTok and Instagram and um, was pondering some of my favorite scriptures. You know, last time we talked about Psalm 84, Psalm 27. Um, that is one thing I ask of the Lord that this one thing I seek that I may gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and behold him in his temple. And I, I was thinking back to like my grandfather has pastored for pastored for like 50 60 years in the assemblies of god yeah. like he he hasn't been in, in ministry for the last couple you know couple because he's just um, gotten older and it's his time to rest especially with all that he had poured in but the privilege right and the legacy that he has he's an amazing man always was very um, tender and gentle but he was such a revivalist like I, I can remember those especially like in his 50s and 60s just being full out you know after the presence of god he's kind of how we got introduced to georgian banoff and some of the some of the great people and influences that are in my life are because he opened the door and he's and he still is very much that way even oh, at man. 90 i mean he's still praying and fiery yeah i mean i can't every time we get together he's always asking me hey what are you doing what's the lord doing what is he saying? Mm -hmm. Like he's, he's, he's well, there, you know, pulling our kids aside and wanting to just bless them and pray yeah. a blessing over it. And I'm always mindful in those moments. I think sometimes if you've, cr if you've grown up in a pastor's house or even a ministry house or just been a Christian for a long time, a lot of times, you know, kids can have the eye rolls yeah. of like, Oh, again, but it was like, no, in those moments, I realized the power of a paying, praying grandparent, a pr of, what that's done even probably for the grandparents i haven't even met before and just the opportunities that i got to have with my great-grandmother before she passed and like i'm so thankful for her legacy and i continue to kind of dive into what she my grandmother um what she had um laid out for us yeah. and how powerful she was and so i'm like i want my kids our kids to experience that and to glean from the anointing to glean from um, just what what they have walked through right. already. Yeah. They've gone to places and done things so that we don't have to. Um, and so that was a lot of fun celebrating him. Yeah. And he's, he's a hoot. He <laughs> is. He is. I love it. I love it. I mean, he's he grew up Virginia and was born in Yeah, he was saved. He was saved at Earl Roberts tent, tent meeting. Revival. Yeah. yeah. And the Lord called him into ministry and um, so it's really cool. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. And, and then just spending time with the kids because, you know, one of the priorities for us is just our family and just making sure that we, we value that time. And so we were actually just before jumping on, just talking about some of the different funny stories that we have from our kids, especially as parents that we want to relate to our kids. You yeah. know, our kids are, are 13 going on 14, 11 and 
seven. Yeah. Eight. eight. She's eight. 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 She's eight. 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 <laughs> Sorry. Well, she just had her birthday September 1st. So I, you know, yeah. I'm just, just trying, but you know, I'm in my mid forties and we won't say how old you are, but you know, generationally we're, we're in different places. And so how, how we're maintaining that connection and you, you reminded me of something that happened the last time I preached. Yeah. So <laughs> we tend to, cause where we sit in generations and that's all I'll say is that, you know, we have the ability to connect to the older generation. Right. But also I really can relate, tend to identify more with the younger yeah, generation, whether it be trends, fashion, music, like okay. I'm still having conversations and relating with my, with my older boys, with, music without revealing your age you're a millennial <laughs> and i am i am a younger gen x and so you know okay i'm 40 guys okay. i'm 40 yeah. i'm 40 let's just put it out there let's just say it that's fine i may not look it no you don't i might not sound like you it you don't not am. at all so <laughs> yeah and and again the point is you know we're we're always but we were talking about you know just connecting with the kids and you you mentioned one of the last times I preached, we were laughing. So one of the privileges we have, and, it, and just so like we want to relate to families on this podcast, but also for our college age, you know, eighteen-year-olds, yeah, you know, we can we can relate also. And um, but Alex decided in a sermon that he wanted to extra relate, and I, so I tried he started. My best cashing in on <laughs> i've tried my best because you know language language is a big yeah. deal and and i know and you and i talk about mm -hmm. this regularly i i always come off and play like i'm older than what i am and I, i'll make the joke about being the old man in the room and i get all the eye rolls not from yeah. you necessarily but from other people who are older than me you know, I, one of my things I keep saying is I can't wait for the 90s to come back because then I'll be cool again. They kind of are, though. And they are. And they are. They but are back. for some reason, I'm not cool yet. <laughs> again, uh, not that I was cool back then. But, you know, I, I was trying to relate. We've got some Gen Z ears and every now and then. So I, I, I think I said the word sus in the middle of a yeah. message. And our boys almost died. Yeah, they were like, sitting on the front row. And just. And so what, what, what we enjoy that if we notice that our kids are slightly embarrassed, we're going to kind of make it worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, so <laughs> and, and we keep that intention with the scripture, you know, parents don't as exacerbate. But they're, or but they're not, kids, but they're not, but it wasn't that. It's no, more it wasn't fun. That. This was all lighthearted fun, fun. Yeah. But it was, it was it that idea serious. to just, just connect. And, but what I loved was just seeing over this past weekend, our kids who obviously, young gen z going after different things different sets of values but being able to connect with your your grandparents their great grandparents in that way yeah um and just to see their hearts and their tenderness toward that yeah i actually had um a really cool conversation with a young lady on our worship team um this past week and we kind of had that conversation about generation yeah. and she's kind of obviously has wisdom beyond her years totally um she has an amazing upbringing, but had this really great conversation and hopefully someday we'll get to bring her on yeah. and just have a conversation and even talk about Gen Z, um, and what God is doing in them. But kind of what we're related is the, the ability to honor, um, those that have gone before while, 
um, our heart is to connect the older generation to the younger generation right. to see like the spirit of Elijah, you know, yeah. um, really um, take hold so we can see the kingdom of God even established further on the earth and um, begin to see unity happen right. in those places. But um, it was just a really cool conversation um, of the need and value of gleaning from mentors or people that have gone before us. Right. And like, there's always something we can learn. There's always something we can take from those that have gone. I think it's really important as creatives, as people in ministry, people in general to always be learning. Yeah. Never assume like we're doing a podcast, but I'm in a season of life. I don't know about you where how you're feeling, but I'm like, I feel like I know nothing anymore <laughs> yeah it's like the more you know the less you know and just stay in a place of like wow god i want to be pliable i i i i know that you're speaking now and sometimes how you learn is by looking at things from the past i yeah. know we were, we were just having that conversation um looking behind you but also looking ahead right and um there are things to um to learn and glean from even I know we were talking about, we found, I found a letter. Um, yeah, this is super important. This is what, what I wanted to ask yeah, you about. Um, we, I had j just had been co having coffee with a friend and we were just talking about, hey, um, those of you that write and write in your journals. And I used to write tons when I was in Bible college. When I was younger, I used to write a lot. And then I think in seasons of having kids, you don't journal that much because you're busy and my night times are full and my mornings are full, but going back in and remembering the promises, remembering the things that the Lord said. And so I was going through um, songs, stacks of songs that I had written, um, letters from friends, and we came across one particular letter in which I didn't even, I don't know where it's been. Honestly, it was lost and I found it and I, read through it we had you read through it and kind of was like well as I, as yeah. i read through it because you gave it to me and and just just so those people who know that this letter isn't recent we're talking this at least Almost 17 years old yeah 17 18 years old you know because it was when you graduated from mm -hmm. bible college out in, in hillsong and and what i loved about it was as i'm reading it i didn't know you then we've mm -hmm. all we've been married 15 years known each other 16 years maybe um and stuff but um to read through that and how this person that i've never met mm -hmm. described you and your hunger and your passion for the lord his presence in all of those things and to see that that is still who you are for me to get a glimpse of you then and know, wait, this is still the same person, and if anything, it's only increased, mm -hmm. right? It, it made me start thinking well, about thanks. today and, <laughs> and what we wanted to do. Yeah. One, I want to say it was super encouraging to me, right, mm -hmm. that, hey, that same heart you carry now, um, and the person that I know, mm -hmm. this has been a part of you for a very long time, yeah. and, um, and it... It was just like, like I said, it was super encouraging to me, but it, it did get me asking some questions right. in, in the sense of, 
like, how did you do that? <laughs> right? I mean, we, we, we kind of... Um, we. Let's be more specific of what yeah, you're so, going Yeah, so, 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 like, so, like, you're, you are a person that loves the presence of God. You, you want to always be in his presence. You want to camp there. Your hunger and your drive, whether it be in a corporate worship setting or even at home privately when nobody else is looking, like you want to be where he is and there's nothing else. I mean, we talked about this momentarily on our little intro Mm -hmm. um, podcast or whatever we wanted to call that one, where you're like, you said something about being a throne body, right? We've talked about the home body, but you're very much a throne body. Mm -hmm. Like that's your happy place. How did how did that start for you? Because you and I have had very different upbringings, right? Right. How how did that start for you? Well, I go back to that time frame in particular, and God, I, knowing God was doing something really specific in um, really cultivating me in His presence and growing me from one point and one revelation into a greater one. Um, I think as a kid, I go back to, I was a middle child. I was a PK, lived on church property. Um, we lived in the parsonage and honestly in church life, there, there can be many transitions and I was honestly really quiet. I was very creative and fun and fun loving, just like our daughter, Sadie, um, doing cartwheels everywhere, dancing and singing all the time. One of my favorite stories that your mom tells is you walked out like a combination of Punky Brewster and Mr. T. Oh, man. Dressed up. Uh, first of like all, yeah, Mr. T. Like, <laughs> Mr. T is my jam. Like, I, I think I wanted to be Mr. T. Or I had a crush on him. Did you have a crush on Mr. T? I don't know. But it, <laughs> maybe so, uh, on our... On our Instagram, we'll, I'll p- find the picture and we'll post it. Um, yeah. It's really cute, but I definitely want to emulate his, <laughs> you know, spunk. Yeah. And then Punky Brewster. I think there was this flair in me to not fit in a mold. Yeah. I probably love the necklaces and the gold chains. And <laughs> yeah. It, you know, it, it, and then Punky Brewster, I love the mismatched yeah. thing, mismatched vibe. And I think I just want, there was a part of me, um, I am an interesting Enneagram mixture. Yeah. Um, which I am a three with a two and a four wing. And definitely back then was probably way more of a four <laughs> than anything. Right. Um, you know, you go through seasons of life and then I think I'm even coming back to now a my fourness again of creativity and exploring um, you know, who God is in me and what's available out there right. and connecting with my heart, connecting with other people's hearts and feelings and seeing what's possible. So that's mixed in with my three a little bit. Um, but back in the day, um, just, you know, marching to the beat of my own drum, but I had this, this space where my parents would have worship team practice mm-hmm. And I was just that little girl that like there wasn't always childcare, right? So you just sit in the pew and you wait around and you're, I'm in prayer meetings and I'm in worship team meetings and I'm in services and having a, we were talking about honoring, 
you know, elders right. and honoring people and just having a sense of we would have special speakers or missionaries in and there was just this thing in me that wanted to know like their process that wanted to hear like wow like you you I was impressed with the things that I heard and it would touch my heart and I would feel the Lord in it. And I know from a very young age I had a a special relationship with Jesus. Um, and it has grown in different ways in different seasons, but having a gauge for being made for heaven. And I wonder at times, like my parents were super intentional with me, but even my mom in her nighttime, my nighttime prayers and her singing over me, I actually think created an atmosphere for me that, you know, our kids, our daughter specifically still wants me to sing, but my mom would just sing over me and it was always, um, an awareness of heaven around me. Yeah. Um, the very first song I ever sang, seven years old, was about he- heaven and the angelic realm all around me. And so there was this, and people would speak it and say, I had a lot of people speaking into my identity, speaking into my calling, speaking into my giftings as a child. But also, there, w- I think there was even an atmosphere where people honored what was on my life, even though mm. I didn't know what right. that really was. But I just had this um, really strong connection to the Lord. And um, I guess the way that we would describe it now is a Sierra mystic where I was just having experiences and dreams in heaven. And right. so I just knew that I related to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a very strong picture. And so how I would write songs as a little girl or how I would do anything as a little girl was with that in mind. Right. Mixed with the stories you hear in the Bible stories as you're learning, um, where I just had a strong hunger to know mm. more of the Lord and want more of the Lord. And so I think that that grew up into um, having experiences, seeing people that dual fold that we'd have a lot of ministers come out or like, music teams or special things that, you know, we'd bring in for the church. And every time they would come in, there was this piece of me that was like, I know I'm supposed to do this. Mm-hmm. I know that I'm meant for something. I, I always wanted to sing. I always wanted, um, worship has been more of a guided thing. Um, but I always knew I wanted to sing. Right. And, um, yeah. But I think it's more than just the worship, what you do as your vocation type, like, cause you, if you weren't doing that, yeah, I'd still for yeah. a vocation, <laughs> you'd still be, I'd still be that hungry and doing that. Where yeah. So, so, you know, I, I, I don't want it to sound like regret because it's not right. I, I didn't grow up that way. Right. Right. I grew up in a, for lack of a better term, and I want to be honoring still because I value mm-hmm. some a, a lot of what was put put in me from an early age. I grew up in a cessationist environment. I didn't grow up spirit filled. It. And so for me, presence or worship, it, it was a lot of work. It was work to get God's attention. You know what I mean? It, yeah. At least that's how it felt. Yeah. And I think I know that we're going to, like, you want to talk about my journey here, but I, I think there is a piece of the Lord's pursuit of me. Mm. But I think equally he was pursuing you. Like some of the stories that you tell me, like – he was equally pursuing you oh, in absolutely. those moments. And so I think in, and I, and, in, and in I can this see story. That. I can see that now. But but as I relate 
as I'm hearing yours, like for someone who's listening, who's like, how do I maintain that hunger? Where does it start? Where does it, you know, like hearing your story on that. So I kind of want to go to a couple of things yeah. that I came to as we were reading this letter because they were kind of wrestling. The, the person writing was like wrestling like, I want what you have. I want what you carry. I see your passion for the Lord and stewardship of true worship. And they were having kind of hard words to articulate it. And then they, it, they came to um, the scripture in Matthew talks about the Beatitudes. Right. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Yeah. And I started to ask the Lord a little bit about that. And right. I think what we're looking at in that space, and this is not about me. This is just a manifestation of my journey of right. what I've kind of seen happen is that blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness and they will be filled. I think that there was just a pursuit of the Lord in me that created a hunger. And this is available to anybody listening right yes, now. Like that's so good. if you like hunger starts somewhere mm -hmm. realizing that he is always pursuing us. So every time that we lean in to him, just a little bit he's like leaping towards us and wanting to bring us on that journey and so the more you feast on the lord the hungrier you get mm -hmm. and back in the day i didn't have that many distractions yeah <laughs> you know there was there was a there was a space and a capacity to live in that nowadays like kids are really distracted there's so much and we actually are we are in pursuit always of how do we protect our kids without being overbearing, without being oversheltering, but be wise. Yeah. Be aware. Um, that's why connection in connection with our kids and their hearts to know, Hey, uh, this is getting unhealthy or oh, this isn't probably not that good. And I think my parents did the same thing with me as a child because it wasn't a legalistic thing. It's I'm protecting right. your heart. I'm protecting what's I'm your, I'm your gatekeeper right now because <laughs> you're young. And so what goes in, you know, kind of affects your internal world and then eventually what comes out of you. Right. And so, um, I think going back to, you know, where did that come from? I think there, there was just hunger. There was hunger in what I saw and in, in people, there was hunger in what I experienced and it created more of a hunger. Um, for so, the Lord. So, yeah. yeah, go ahead. And then I wanted to kind of, that other part of that scripture that says, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. And I don't think it's like, we talk a lot of times about purity in the sense of, oh, purity is abstinence. Purity mm -hmm. is being clean and untouched right, in the world. And it's, yes, very workspace. And I don't think that that's what that scripture means mm -hmm. at all because he was it is literally not possible for us to do any of those things. When we look at the Beatitudes, Jesus was actually inviting them to be like bonded to himself. He was inviting right. them to the connection. Like apart from Jesus, you cannot do those things. Right. Apart from like there's nothing in our own works that's going to make that happen. Right. Hunger is not going to happen without Jesus. Mm -hmm. It will become religion yeah. if you try and make it happen. Purity of heart won't happen it'll turn into religion without jesus you have to have jesus that's so good um and so what i feel purity 
blessed are the pure in heart, they will see God is actually stems from the same thing as the hunger is that the purity is I want Jesus and nothing else. Mm -hmm. It's the, I've got my anchor. You know, we always talk about, we have this anchor behind the veil, which is Jesus, right? This hope that's an anchor. And that's really what it is. It's that all things, all roads lead to one. All things lead to one thing that the reason why there's purity is because everything I'm doing is for him and because of him. Mm. It's not selfish motives and it's not how I look or how I'm perceived. The purity comes from, I'm completely after Jesus. I'm completely after um, him. And so it makes my decisions more pure because I I want him. (laughs) I love how you said that, that pure in heart is just Jesus and nothing else. It's not about what we do that makes us pure in heart or what we don't do, right? What we abstain from or right. what we, it, the idea of pure in heart is Jesus and nothing else. Like, yeah. I just want him. Now, I remember, and you, you, you've done this since we had kids, mm-hmm. right? You'd be sitting at the piano and one of them is on your lap. I mean, we've got tons of mm-hmm. videos where they're you're trying to play worship and they're mm-hmm. just banging on the keys and doing Calling. all sorts of <laughs> stuff, right? And modeling, and and there's always that sense of modeling that for our kids and stuff, right? But somebody listening, how do you steward that on a daily, right? Like, because there are those moments where, I mean, even in the natural, where you're just like, I'm just not hungry, mm-hmm. right? And knowing that we should have that hunger in that pursuit like how do you steward that for yourself and not in a place where oh i i have to rely on the church or i have to rely on this person or that to help build that hunger right. Does it, if that makes sense I think how, how do you do that part of the hunger and part of when we were talking about it just being like our desire is just for jesus i think because of the relationship I've developed now, like it's like a re- you and I, like mm-hmm. there's not ever going to be a um, a thing that's going to take its place. There's not ever going to be another relationship or another even our kids' relationship that doesn't replace the relationship I have with you. And so, for me, it's knowing like that's my actual source and that I'm not like. We can get busy and we can fill it with other things, but maturity in the Lord tell like you know where your source is. And so how do I how do we do that? Especially how do I do that as a mom? Um, where I'm busy. I think there is twofold is just figuring out where it works because and I've told this to moms all the time, like you're gonna have to turn your worship like you're not gonna get that time on the piano. Like I had to fight for that. Right. In a season where there were babies crying and I had to just keep doing it. Like I have some, I took some videos that were hilarious. Um, just, just to kind of put it somewhere so that I could go back one day and watch it. And I'm literally almost in tears frustrated. Right. It wasn't like, Oh, it wasn't like, Oh, Cinderella, Snow White. Like, I'm just going to go to the piano and let them crawl over me. No, there were moments where I'm like, 
I just want to do this and I need to do this, but I also want to be present. And so how do I be present with my kids and present to the Lord? Right. And so it looks like an inner dialogue with the Lord. And I love how someone recently was just talking about, you know, prayer and how we pray without ceasing prayer. And it's not the, the complaining. (laughs) Hey, prayer sometimes can be asking questions. Prayer, prayer can be contending, but the inner dialogue, I do this when I sleep. Also, I will feel anxiety and I will reset to what are you saying? And I won't go into what I have to tell the Lord. I'll go into sitting and waiting on what he's trying to say to me. Sometimes that can be really difficult, but you wait long enough and he will recalibrate your heart. Sometimes I have to get back in the word. I have to go. And you know, nowadays, like I love my Bible app. Like I use it all the time. So parents, one of the things that I do to, I just keep it on me because that's that in the moment is what's keeping me going, you know, getting in the word, but it doesn't look like the Bible with pages and super, you know, spiritual looking. So I actually have to let my kids in on. So it doesn't just look like a, Hey, I'm on the phone. Right. Like, Hey, actually mommy's reading the word. What I actually do a lot of times is I'll use audio Bible. Right. So not only am I sitting in it, but the kids are hearing it, getting the word in, in me. And sometimes you just got to give language sometimes when you're using technology for things like that. Um, and the kids have really gr- actually grabbed hold on hold of that. Yeah, because it's not, you know, we're, we're talking about, you know, hunger for his presence. And that manifests for you oftentimes in worship, playing, you know, you're, you're a musician, you're a mm-hmm. piano player, and, and you, you sing and you mm-hmm. write. But there are plenty of those who aren't that. And so I love how you said, hey, I'm just getting the word. I mean, uh, yeah. I know I will walk in to the room and you're listening to some Bible app and just yeah. hearing the scripture. I, <laughs> I love that we found, you found, the some app where it's, what's his name, Jonathan Rumi from The Chosen. Yeah, Hallow app, guys. Who, it's so good. Yeah, we're totally not sponsored by them, but Hallow, <laughs> if you're listening, <laughs> like, for sure. Well too, well, too, I think our kids connect because they love watching Jonathan Rumi. Right. Um, our son wants to be an actor. Yeah. Our oldest son, Jude. And like he saw, we actually watched Jesus Revolution yeah. and wrecked Jude. And oh. he like was, because he did want to be an actor, but he was like, saw Jonathan Rumi and what he's been, how he's doing it so well in that, in Jesus Revolution, but also The Chosen. And so with that, like, I love We got to remember to tag him. <laughs> I love that, you know, we have these resources now, but another thing for, for how I steward those places is just, there's, like I said, there's an internal song that's always playing. Mm. There's worship in my spirit, even if it doesn't look like a written song yet. Right. And so, um, even for those of you that may be creatives, maybe songwriters, maybe even in a dry season, you know, I love uh, the scripture that talks about that he sings that the Lord sings yeah, over us. Zephaniah three nineteen. I think you know is, as yeah. we sleep, and I you know I went back to my mom singing over me. Like one as a parent, never underestimate singing over your kids. Yeah. You know my boys went to school today, and I ran up and I put up a room. <laughs> you know worship in their rooms to just play worship to start creating an atmosphere. Right. It does like it does shift 
things. Totally. And so we have the ability, whether you're a worship leader or not, to shift atmospheres with worship yeah. and take what is my inner world, which is my connection with the Lord, um, <clears throat> the worship that I have with him and then the place that I connect with him and just bring that space um, to whatever it is I'm doing, whether it's putting worship music on in my car. Sometimes it's not putting worship music. Like there were some times where the Lord's like, Hey Sarah, I want you to put your songs on my unfinished songs that I'm processing and working. Sometimes it's silence <clears throat> for me to listen. And I think how to host the presence is be mindful that he is speaking always and what he may be telling you may be different than what he told you last time. Yeah. Always be obedient to what you heard. But if he's saying something new, be sensitive enough to roll with it. Yeah. I love, I love how you said he's always speaking. Um, I know I have a friend who says this, and I don't know if it's originated with him. He's pretty wise and smart and gets supernatural downloads or if this was something he got from somebody else. But he says this. He goes, getting God to talk is not the hard part. It's recognizing all the ways that he is talking that is, yeah. right? Because he's God's always speaking. You know, the psalm says that his thoughts for us outnumber the sands mm. on the earth. Yeah. And so he's got all of these thoughts. Zephaniah, I just mentioned it. You mentioned it. Yeah. He, he sings over us. So, so just taking that pause... How I think the question I have in that process, right, is if you find yourself in a place where where you're dry, you mentioned dry season, where you where it feels dry, and maybe that hunger isn't there. How how do you get that spark? I would say, like sometimes it may be, it may feel turned on at times, right. Sometimes you got to do something like I tell this to people in worship all the time. Sometimes it, it is doing the different thing. Sometimes it's doing something you've never done before. Sometimes it's doing the same thing over and over. There are seasons of life. I remember actually being in Hillsong and having a season where there was all this outpouring and I actually would go to my secret place and feel nothing. Mm. And I knew it was the Lord was there, though. And he spoke. He was like, Sarah, will you continue to meet me here when you don't feel me or see me? And I think back to more recent seasons of my life. I had a, I, I had recently last year a very long stint of time where the Lord was there speaking and moving, but I could not sense him or feel him. And I remember because of length of time feeling like, you know, there's a sense that you can go into um, feeling like failure or what's wrong with me. And then in in a different season when things began to shift, where he was like, Sarah, you may not have seen me or felt me. And you may have, it may have felt dark because there may be some of you that have walked through a dark night of the soul, realizing that in those moments he was there and for me in those moments he was showing me that where he was was actually holding back the darkness mm. so it would not overcome me you know and sometimes that's what it looks like sometimes it looks like he's going to battle for us and he's not the way that he used to be and a lot of times we want to see him as we want 
like how we want him right. versus in any relationship, you've got to meet a person with how they're showing up. Yeah. And so with that, um, realizing that he, he kind of just whispered to me one day, he was like, but Sarah, you never stopped asking and looking. And I think that's the posture of one's heart is that even if you're not feeling it the same way, your heart is still asking, you're still looking, your eye is still looking for that one that your heart loves. And there's stuff that's grown that we don't see, we won't see on the side of eternity probably. Um, but I think there is a building of um, resilience maybe uh, in those moments where things are dry. So I can now share with a person that's going through a season that you feel like you haven't heard God, you haven't felt God, you feel disappointed. But to say, if your heart is still learn, like still doing the things, you know, God is still faithful to show up. Yeah. And he overshadows those seasons where there may have been disappointment. Um, but as worshipers and those who are after his heart, um, every relationship takes that, those same similar turns. It's not always easy. It's not always sunshine and rainbows but he is perfecting us in his presence um and i think the things that were the same for me 20 years ago and that are the same today bringing it back to that are pursuit yeah is my pursuit and you know what there are days where i'm tired and i physically can't i emotionally can't i spiritually can't but in those moments he's still carrying us through and that's the beauty of how he works things a lot of times we feel like oh we got to go back to square one he never does that he sets you exactly where you're supposed to be Mm, that's good so i like that i know i know that for me it's there's also the sense of his pursuit of me as i pursue him but there's also the sense of his abiding presence right i mean it's christ in you the hope of glory and knowing that he, I might not recognize it, but he is there. Yeah. Like, I I know that his presence is in me. His presence is there. And it's just my awareness of that, that, that oftentimes shifts that. Where I know if I am feeling stagnant or not hungry, that I will go into, well, his presence is here. And the sheer fact of recognizing that his presence is there causes a shift in me as well. Right. Well, I think there there is a an element that I would love to speak to um, for especially anyone in the millennial Gen Z um, age group is because there is so much distraction. Mm-hmm. There is so much available to us now. Our phones are readily, you know, their connection points. It's so easy to turn aside to that when we are feeling emptiness or we're feeling that hunger or that yearning for something and we go and fill it up (laughs) with other things. And the ability to, to, you know, fasting is not a a, um, very popular thing, very popular topic. It is in some some camps. Some circles, yeah. But, you know, 
the ability for us to decrease our dependence on those things and increase our dependency on the Lord. Um, there's always going to be distractions and there's always going to be something vying for our attention and our affections and learning how to say no and to say wait or to, to shut off whatever that thing is. Or, yeah, you know what? I can go call my friend, but I'll call them tomorrow. Let's right. let me take the time in the space and like what God can do and how he wants to show up with you in those moments when you do that. Um, and, and so I just want to encourage you, you to take those moments. Yeah. And I think, I think it's also learning to recognize what you're hungry for, right? So I think in the natural, like if, if I'm sitting around and I'm hungry, hunger is often your body's way of telling you, hey, you're deficient in this area. Mm-hmm. And, you know, s- some people will say, and I'm by far no health expert, they'll say that your cravings are an indication that you're deficient in something, right? But sometimes we will take that hunger and then feed it with the wrong thing. And so that hunger remains and never really goes away, yet we're filled up on something that really doesn't satisfy. And yeah. I, think, I think there's a spiritual correlation with that, where we're hungry for God, but we take, we take and fill it up with something else, whether it be, you, you know, you've mentioned technology and phones, or whether it be other things that really is the indicator that God is inviting us to that place. Right. Well, I think, too, you know, where that very much describes even worship yeah in general like everybody worships something Mm. and i think the hunger aspect and worship are tied together yeah and i think even though some of us can you know we can show up to a worship service and quote-unquote worship god but our hunger there's still an element where i'm like wow if we hadn't filled up on all this other stuff Mm would our hunger be more it's like going to olive garden and eating yeah. breadsticks yeah <laughs> but like yeah honestly like the the meat right yeah and there there are times where i'm like okay as we mature as the bride of christ like knowing learning these things to know hey you know what i'm gonna feast on the love of the lord feast on his goodness feast on um the reality of the awareness that I'm with him yeah, um, and being hidden in him and ha- that he is always available. Um, and so I think just developing the intimacy, the relationship, the friendship, whatever aspect your relationship looks like, whether it be, you know, you're relating to him as a, as a child or as the bride or what a friend whatever that's looking like, he's always showing up and he's always wanting to reveal more of himself and different aspects of who he is. I think so. I think a lot of times in the church nowadays, we want to park mm. on an aspect of who God is yeah, and that will stunt your growth always. Yeah. And yeah, I think, I think that's interesting. I remember I was in Bible college and I, I had to read a book for one of my theology classes. Mm-hmm. It was called Knowing God by J.I. Packer. Mm-hmm. I've, I've never forgotten this book. And what he said in it was, if you focus on one attribute of God above all the others, you actually create for yourself an idol. Yeah, Because that's absolutely. not who God is. And so I, I love how, how, how you hit that. As we get ready to sort of wrap up, um, what would you release to somebody who's like, man, I, this is what I really want when, when it comes to my relationship with God and the hunger and p- just pursuit. Because again, you know, I look at that letter 
that that you shared with mm -hmm. me almost 20 years ago and i'm like man this is the same person you are the same person and i love that it like mm -hmm. make, makes me fall in love with you even Thanks. more and i'm like <laughs> you are the same person and you're even more hungry for god like what would you want to just like impart or release i think there's an aspect of taking the pressure off off yourself yeah in what it should look like but then make space mm, make, make space make space for him and and for you just like you would any other relationship um and show up um show up in the secret place like show up if there is a worship service and there is a lot of times people shy away nowadays with, yeah, do, don't get busy. But like, you know, if I'm at going to a worship service that I am not leading and I'm outside and I can already hear the music, like my heart starts to beat because I want to be there. Yeah. I want to be right up front, like show up, show up and give a hundred percent, um, grow, grow in your capacities to, to worship, grow in your capacity um, to spend time with the Lord and what that looks like and ask him what he's wanting to grow, grow in you. Yeah. Um, whether it be prayer, whether it be worship, um, whether it be um, just hosting his presence, like whatever that looks like. Um, a lot of times he doesn't do it all at once. It's mm. a journey. Yeah. Um, but I think having that intimacy with him and dialogue where he reveals one of the things that I love when we talk about the throne room is that in those places he reveals who he is, but he also reveals who you are. Mm. And that I think is what you're actually going after yeah. is I think he revealed to me a very long time ago who I was as his daughter, who I was as the bride, who, the identity and exploring my relationship with him and realizing that actually he wanted to do this with me, mm. that it wasn't just a thing where I showed up and worshiped. He was like, Oh, but wait, I want you to partner with me and what you sing and what you do actually makes a difference. The atmospheres that you create release my kingdom and my heart on the earth. And you get to bring that to other people. Um, and so there is that aspect of having that relationship with the Lord, but then at some point relationships bear fruit, right? and reproduce and that's what we're called to do on the earth and so i think that would just be my encouragement and you know if you have specific questions about yeah. what that looks like i'm happy to answer any of your questions if you want to shoot us a message on instagram yeah um, thrown in home at instagram yeah, on in instagram home. you can email us at thrown in home yeah at gmail.com. I love these conversations and yeah. can talk about it all day. <laughs> I love, I love, like I said, I love, I just love reading that and seeing that, that this is truly who you are. This isn't put on, this isn't a show. Uh, I know, and I share this with you offline. I know I was super encouraged and really challenged even yeah. in myself having read that. So yeah, I, I think, th I think our listeners are going to feel the yeah. same thing. And I think, there was a piece that I looked at it in, in light of where I am now realizing, wow, that's actually the stuff that matters. Yeah. What I want to do on the earth. I think back in the day I didn't see it cause I was kind of too fixed on what I hadn't done or accomplished yet. And I've grown into a place where I realize it's not really about the accomplishments. It's about my connection with the Lord and what I'm releasing on the earth yeah. and that, Oh, I was doing that. <laughs> 
Yeah. I was doing that uh, intuitively or just by the overflow of what was in in my heart and in my life. But we can all do that right now, wherever you're at, realizing that your, your intimacy and what you are um, feeding on is going to feed somebody else too. Mm. That's so, so good. Well, that was, yeah. that was, well, thanks for asking super, the question. Super like <laughs> enlightening. <laughs> and I mean, I mean that very sincerely. Yes, so it just, this is, this is part of the journey for us, yeah. right? This is our journey. This is your journey. And we just want to just thank everybody for being on the journey with us. So yeah. thank you for listening. And thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.